offensive line, nicknamed the Hogs by line coach Joe Bugle, began to control the tempo of the game with a play called 50 Gut. Jacoby and Russ Grimm, the two hogs that time with the big blocks. John Riggins, the diesel, get warm. Crank up that diesel. Oh, um, um, um. Let's go diesel. Um. Good afternoon and welcome to the 50 Gut Blog Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Paul Williams, and I'm joined tonight by my co-host, Corey and Cliff. Fellas, what's good, man? What's going on, bruh? Not much. Hey, welcome back. Dog days of summer are over. We're back to camp. Well, listen, dog days of summer not over just yet, but yeah, I, I hear you, bro. It's about that it's, time. It's looming. It's looming a couple days away. Mm-hmm. I know this means the end of summer for, for a lot of Redskins junkies like me and Corey. But, and uh, not Cliff. <laughs> Damn. I mean, I'm not you guys. You know I, mean? <laughs> I enjoy the summers when I enjoy November. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? But it's almost that time. It's almost end of July, so that means it's that time of the year. It's time. It's time for us to go back to Richmond, Virginia, home <laughs> to the Washington Football Team. <laughs> I repeat that again: Richmond, Virginia. Bruh. Uh No comment. But <laughs> Cliff, I know your Red Sox are doing good, so you have other interests to hold you. Me and Corey, on the other hand, the Nets are some poo poo, so we don't really have a lot of things going on. And the the little uh, uh, air that we got from the Caps winning the the cup is kind of like worn off to this point. I mean, it's still you know great and everything, but uh, it's time to get back to business. I've been on Jordan Reed bubble wrap watch for the last uh, two weeks. I'm not gonna lie. Hey, don't forget, your man, uh, Josh Doxson. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man, okay. I had the world. I had the World Cup to hold me down. Oh, about you oh guys. yeah, I, so. I'll take that clip. You know, I was with you on that. You know, what I'm saying World yeah. Cup definitely kept my attention for a couple of weeks. Absolutely, the World Cup to hold me down. I got Premier League about to start in a couple of weeks. That'll hold me down. See, we got preseason about to start, brother. I don't give a damn about no preseason <laughs> football. I'm not. Listen, man, call me Thursday night, week one. You think I care about? The Hall of Fame game? You think I'm really about to watch the Hall of Fame game out here? Nah. Sorry. Maybe when I was younger. Maybe when I was younger, I get boosted off a Hall of Fame game. Is it, aren't the Ravens in the Hall of Fame game? Yep. Ravens. Yeah. Right. And Ray Lewis is speaking? Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> That's a hard, hard pass. I'm good. Honestly, my favorite part of the Hall of Fame weekend this year coming up is seeing how petty Thrones is going to be. He's going to wait. Extra petty. <laughs> I mean, it's literally a team of people I generally just don't like. And I think Ray Lewis is going to make it the most epic speech ever. But, Cliff, we do have to admit our boy Randy Moss is going in. That wouldn't be bad to watch. Nah, Randy's great. Randy's great. Randy's my favorite, best receiver of all time. Absolutely. It's tarnished by the fact that Ray Lewis is going in with him. So, I can't watch. First of all, Ray about to speak for like two. Is he ever? Oh, my gosh. Right. He's going to be like, it started when I was five years old. Oh, <laughs> my. <laughs> Pastor I, Lewis. I just want Randy Moss to have Joe Buck be his, his inductor. <laughs> who's, 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 um, who's reading for Ray Lewis? The judge? <laughs> his lawyer? His lawyer. <laughs> that was totally uncalled for. You never do that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm clip on this one. I, I'm not really looking forward to watching the junior varsity effort that is the Hall of Fame game. But that first wrestling game when Sean Dion Hamilton or some Bama that's not gonna make the team is makes one tackle on me breaking down film like I'm damn uh uh Jay Gruden out here. So Or if Geis houses his first carry for a sixty five in preseason, Redskins Twitter will go crazy. Berserk. See that that's the shit I, I don't want to see because <laughs> I no because I get too excited about Redskins and I seem to make too big a deal of things that happen in July and August. But when Geist houses a run versus the the Ravens D D line in week three of, of August, I'm I'm gonna get boosted. But I can't help it. 
We're probably going to rewind it and watch it 20 times. Trust me. Right. Let's go back to January. The rest can spend season seven and nine. We knew that this season was going to be full of upheaval and a lot of change, especially at the quarterback position. Um, let's talk about what the Redskins did this offseason in terms of personnel and how we think they did at revamping this roster. Obviously, like we just mentioned, quarterback was the biggest thing we knew it was going on. They didn't waste much time. Even before Super Bowl had come, they had secured a quarterback of the, the immediate future, at least uh, when they traded Kendall Fuller in a third-round pick for Alex Smith. So uh, how do we feel about that move? I mean, obviously, we've talked about that a lot, but significant upgrade, minor upgrade, uh, what do we think? I mean, we just – we got to admit, they did the best they could do in the situation that they were in. I mean, you got rid of the contract drama with Kirk Cousins. There's no more, is he going to sign? Is he going to stay? Is it, is the team all in on such and such guy? They found who they wanted. They made a trade. I mean, unfortunately, we know we had to give up the kid, Kendall Fuller, which stinks, but it is what it is. But for the next four to five seasons, hopefully, they solidify the position with somebody who's all about football, veteran leader in the locker room, coming off the best season of his career. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I the team did great. They, they clearly weren't looking for a rookie quarterback just for the simple fact that I think we all know jobs might be on the line this offseason. So I don't think nobody was looking at any chance of drafting the kid along the lines of a Baker Mayfield or any of those guys. So to right. make the best of the situation, I mean, they came out good, man. Alex Smith was a great move. Right. I mean, was there a better quarterback available than Alex Smith? No, not, I mean, absolutely not. Not in my opinion, no. So I can't really complain. I mean, people want to trip off trading a uh, slot corner. Feel free. Notice I, I, had, I had to throw that in there, Cliff. Like, I'm like, whatever. I think people were in panic when we traded Kendall Fuller. People really still think about Kendall Fuller now? Yeah, oh, there's right. a few. Nah, the hell with them. There's always a few. Right. I, I, I just sort of feel like they wanted something that could – because there is really no quarterback of the future in the NFL, in my opinion, right? We just saw Carson Wentz and Jared Goff lead two of the best teams in the conference in year two. So when people keep talking this quarterback of the future stuff, it's not real. It sounds good. Right? <laughs> right? Like, people say this, but you don't get three years. No. Like, you don't get your quarterback. Your quarterback isn't allowed to stink for two years and then get the third year. The coach is usually fired by then. So, Right. And I, I tend to think that the Redskins are in – I think they think they could win now. Maybe not a Super Bowl contender, maybe not even an NFC contender, but they can win games now. This is that team that they think they're a long ways off. So they didn't want to go the rookie quarterback coming here with a team that's kind of ready to win some games in 2018. And also, I mean, I know that we, us three, we don't really agree with a lot of – Redskins fans out there about whether they should have brought Kirk Cousins back. But Kirk was never going to come back, and they made the best of a bad situation. They got the best quarterback that was available out there who's coming off a career year. And they're ready to roll. They're ready to rock in 2018 with a lot, with not a lot of drop-off from what they had last year. I think Gruden was quoted in one of his press conferences when he said, like, you know, the team, we don't need to build the team around Alex. The team is built, and Alex needs to lead it. I mean, that kind of tells you right there that – they expect to win games now. This is not waiting on any rookie quarterback to come in and we're going to just, you know, see him progress. This team is built. They've added certain players to certain positions, kind of like the kid Geis. It's built for now. So, yes, this team needs to win now. Absolutely. And uh, as we just mentioned, we did get rid of Kendall Ford this year. We also saw Bashad Breeland leave through free agency. I know he hasn't signed anywhere yet, but he's not going to be back in 2018 with the Redskins. Uh, so that position was in flux a little bit, but the Redskins did manage to secure it a little bit. They spent two draft picks, one in the original draft, one in the supplemental draft with Adonis Alexander and Greg Stroman. They also brought in Orlando Scandrick from the Dallas Cowboys to kind of secure the position. I think they did a good job of at least stabilizing a position that looked a little bit shaky uh, uh, going into the offseason. Agreed. Agreed. To be honest with you, I mean, I, I'm – I kind of took this from Cliff because Cliff is kind of the one. I ain't going. Cliff, you said this is my guy, but you kind of put me on to Fabian Moreau. I'm not going to lie, but I'm expecting big things from that kid this year. Um, like you just mentioned, Paul, we did let Breland go, but to be honest with you, 
I think Dunbar might have been playing just as well as Breland when he was on the field. So mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be much drop off from losing Breland and having Dunbar slide in on the outside corner slot. And as far as I'm concerned, as we all remember as Redskins fans, Kendall Fuller's first year, we were dog shitting him because he was getting torched by Cole Beasley and the rest of the slot receivers. And he finally has a good season. I, th- so, yeah. I think uh, Steph Diggs gave him like 10 for 140. He, he embarrassed him. Yeah. Embarrassed him. And to be honest with you, there's a chance that Moreau might be able to step up and, you know, slide into that role, man, before he was considered a first-round pick before he got injured. So he has an opportunity. And I don't, I don't know about you guys, but I'm really high on that kid, Adonis Alexander, man. I, we've all watched VTech games. This kid always stood out to me. I'm not asking him to come in and be a part of the nickel package immediately, but I think he, he's going to make some noise for us. Mm-hmm. Right. Look, I said the same thing I said before when we traded Kendall Fuller. I'm not really out here tripping off no dead slot corner. I hear you. Good. Sorry. Sorry. I know everybody. I know NFL Twitter. Kendall Fuller, a player that I never heard people on Twitter really talk about during the season. We trade him. All of a sudden, everybody on NFL Twitter is talking about how Kendall Fuller is this incredible player. Mm-hmm. You didn't see any of that during the season. Mm-hmm. And Kendall Fuller is a good player, but he's a slot corner. Our defense is not going to be made because you of your slot corner, man. Exactly. I'm, I'm sorry. Exactly. And I know everybody can give me all the three wide receiver stats they like. The fact of the matter is the best receivers don't play in the slot. Mm-hmm. Do they? So why am I obsessing over a slot corner? Mm-hmm. Good player. I think we'll, I mean, good player. Don't get me wrong. Don't let right. anybody think we're dogging Fuller, but next man up. Right, and uh, I think that we all would agree that no matter how shaky your secondary is, I think that you can get by if your front seven is really doing a thing, and that's the, the next half we're going to go to. Mm-hmm. I know that the, the front seven was a big, big question mark going in to the offseason. Not only was your rush defense very porous for a couple seasons in a row, you didn't know where, if you were going to be able to get back Trent Murphy or Junior Lett or anybody like that. You didn't know if you'd bring back Zach Brown or Mason Foster, but they made that priority first thing in the offseason. They got back Mason Foster. They got Zach Brown under a deal. They spent two high draft picks on D-line, bringing in Tim Settle and Deron Payne, the first-round pick. They even brought in Pernell McPhee to bring in an out, a presence on the outside against the run. So I think they did a really, really, really good job solidifying that front seven. And I think that actually could go from – biggest weakness in this team to arguably the greatest strength moving into 2018. Zing! Or <laughs> <laughs> I know you're boosting, man. Hey, man. Paul, Cliff, I mean, come on. How many times do we sit there on Sundays and, like, we cannot stop the run? Or it's third and three, you know the other team's getting it. First and ten, it's probably going to be second and three, second and four. Zeke gets the carry, gain a seven. Like, we've been getting gashed left and right years for years, man. And it, it's, it just feels good for, that the team finally sees that the defensive line was a weakness. They started off by drafting Allen and Ioannidis. Now you add the big bully Payne, and we got the kid Tim Settle. I mean, McGee came along as the season ended last year. I mean, it, it is clearly – it might be the strength of the team, I'm, and I'm really surprised that I'm saying that. But the front that front line, it may be a problem for us. If we can stay healthy, whew. Tom Sula, go to work. Yeah. I mean, it's we've used our last two first-round picks on the defensive line after not using picks on the defensive line for years. Mm-hmm. So it should be the strength of our team. We have The thing is we haven't had a lot of first-round picks, right? So the idea that we use back-to-back picks on – back-to-back first-round picks on two Bama boys up Roll front. Time. Look. Roll time. Oh my God! Up front, <laughs> up front is the strength, especially offensive line of the Eagles and the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pretty much every team we played—I know two years ago, every team we played, their old line might as well have been the, the Eagles and the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you want to be able to rush the passer, but. If people know they can get six yards a carry, five yards a carry, and that's against that's with bum ass teams, right? right? Bum ass teams, like <laughs> bum ass running games, right? Right, right, right. So it's gonna be good to see, like, 
Okay, and, and the thing is, the youth, the youth of these guys makes you really yes. yes. Hopefully, Jonathan Allen can stay healthy. But that's the. I mean, I would say our offensive line is our strength, but our defensive line is. It's, they might. We might be feeling otherwise. I might be feeling otherwise at least after the season's over. I, and just just to follow up on that, I know we always say we're excited. We're always excited to see what the team's going to do. But I don't think I've ever been this excited about a position group on this team in a while because Allen, Payne, and Ioannidis, that can be something that we have not seen here in quite some time. Like, it, could, it could be a sight to see, honestly. I think one of the last things I had done yesterday, um, getting rid of this podcast, was I just kind of – watched the condensed version of the uh, Vikings game from this past season. And not only could we not stop Thielen or, or Diggs, which is, you know, whatever, but n- you were getting gas, like Cliff said, like the Vikings mm-hmm. O-line wasn't anything special. I mean, Latavius Murray and Jarrett McKinnon aren't great backs. But you would have thought they, Latavius Murray was Marshall Falk. Right. Like, you had no chance stopping them on third and one, third and two, third and three. They were getting six, seven yards of carry, not just barely getting the first down. They were gashing you. So, to bring in, not only to get Allen back healthy, to bring Ioannidis back, hopefully his hand is fully healed, you add pain to the mix, you add cell into the mix, and say what you want about guys like Anthony Lanier, who is probably more of a specialty pass rusher on the D-line interior, or somebody like Ziggy Hood, they're valuable pieces when they have a role to fill. Like, as Absolutely. your fourth, fifth defense alignment, now mm-hmm. you have a healthy and deep rotation D-line, so when Allen or Ali Nattis need a spell, you can bring in somebody who isn't a total liability stopping the run. Well, you're also not asking Ziggy Hood to play nose tackle. Right. Right. You're getting putting guys out like guys can play their natural position. Like, it, <laughs> hey, man, it's exciting. Honestly, it really is. All right. So that's what the wrestlers did well this offseason. Let's talk about a few positions that still might be a little bit up in the air. I, I think the first one I need to talk about is the wide receiver depth. And I know that I really love Paul Richardson. I cape for him for even like before the Redskins had interest in him this all season. I was saying Paul Richardson would be a good signing here, but I know you two were really, really high on bringing in Allen Robinson from the Jags. He went up not getting it. He goes for a high number. I think he would. How many we get? Like 15 a year from the Bears? Something like that. Yeah, the Bears gave him a lot of money. But um, yeah, I mean, you bring in Josh Doxson back for year three you really don't know what you have in him he's only caught 37 passes in two years um we know he has all the potential in the world but who really knows Crowder's coming off a down year I mean we all know he can be a special player but you know I mean you you just don't know so that group is still kind of iffy and the depth there I mean nobody special to speak of you have Brian Quick Robert Davis is an unknown entity Maurice Harris is I mean I love Maurice Harris but he's he's just a guy really at this point I know Trey Quinn has his little following on Twitter, but I'm not banking on Mr. Irrelevant to make a big a splash year one. So what do you guys think about that position group? <sighs> I mean, Cliff, do you want me to start off the dots on high or what, man? What oh, my God. I mean, I'm being real with you. I'm not even going to be a fanboy right now because it's time, okay? He's healthy. And I'm speaking to Josh Dotson right now. He's got two years under his belt. Obviously, the first year he was injured. Last year, he got his feet wet. This is year three, His man. feet wet. Listen, hear me out. Hear me out. Hear he me got out. his feet wet. I mean, well, you can't – you didn't get many options when your quarterback is dumping it off. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Okay. Sure. You caught half your targets. Listen. I mean, listen. when you got to be stretched Armstrong to catch the ball, sometimes you're just not okay. going to come down with it. Okay. But with that said, this is the year that I'm expecting him to make the leap. I mean, he's healthy, like I said. He's got a full offseason under his belt. Hopefully he has a quarterback that I'm assuming that he's going to give him more opportunities because I don't think he's going to be scary like the eight car was. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's time for him to take advantage of his ability. Like, we see, we saw it at TCU. I know this is not college, but the boy has great potential as far as going up and tracking the ball, being a jump ball guy. He needs to be able to run some more routes, obviously. We didn't see many when he was – Obviously, running um, routes for Kirk Cousins, but it's time for Dotson to expand his game, man. You got to show that you were worthy of that first round pick. And yes, everybody knows I'm president of Dotson Hive. I think it's time, and I think he's going to do it. Yeah, you so and I your think- vice president <laughs> over there in San Diego. Hey, shout out. I see you, Chris. Chris. We out here, baby. 
<laughs> you guys don't think it's sort of shameful that you guys are two people who love football so much are out here bragging about a receiver who caught, what did he catch, 40 passes in like but 16 see, games last year? There you go. Nobody's bragging about the 40 catches. I'm yeah, I know. You, who the hell would brag about 40 catches? I, I, I would not do that. But what I'm also saying is you can't have one first half where you get four targets, catch all four passes, 78 yards, and the next second half you don't get a target. Yeah, that happened one game. I'm listen, giving you the example. Listen, guys. I like Josh Dawson. Oh, we know you do. Okay. We know. But I'm not going to be out here with pom-poms in my hands. Acting is <laughs> just acting as if he's some sort of monster. Because he jumped up and caught a couple passes. But are you saying are we saying he's some sort of monster or are we saying that he's the he has the potential to be a special wide receiver? I'm not saying this kid is well, Corey, it, and AJ Green. Or if I may, it it's potential is great until you see it do something. That's why I'm so wary about this group because as much as I love Paul Richardson, he has had one really good season in NFL. He's been hurt his other three. But let me ask you. Doxing, he barely played year one, and he was barely productive in year two. So, yes, potential is great. But when Alex Smith is out there throwing to Chris Thompson eight times a game because the guys on the outside can't get open, it's going to be a problem. But you see how you just assume that these guys aren't going to get open? Like, why would we just assume they're not going to get open? We didn't no, just I'm, pay your I'm, man Paul Richardson $40 plus million dollars to not get open. I'm not assuming they're not going to get open. And I, trust me, I think that they're gonna, they could do great things. But I'm not as confident in the wide receiver group as I am, say, in, let's say, the linebackers. You know what I'm saying? Because I've seen Mason Foster have a good season. I know Zach Brown can Understandable. Do that's understandable. Those, that's also Zach Brown, Mason Foster. Those are two wild events. They've done it. They, they've been got the job done. There's a reason why you've got confidence in them. Right. It's a question mark. Understandable. Absolutely. You know what's crazy? You know what's crazy? Vernon Davis had a higher yards per catch than Josh Dawson. Say what again? Say that again? So Vernon Davis had a higher yards per catch than Josh Dawson last year. I mean, Vernon Davis had like 13 targets a week from Captain Kirk. No, higher <laughs> yards per catch. Oh. Yeah. Yards per – listen, man. In the end, Dawson had 78 targets. He caught 35 passes. That is pathetic. <laughs> It's pathetic. I can hear, we can list all the, well, he didn't throw him the ball. Right over his Cliff, head. I'm not, see, Cliff, I'm not going to let you do that. How yeah, many do times do we sit in Paul's basement, watch that game and say, look at Dotson wide open? Right. But how many times did we also watch Dotson get opportunities and drop passes? Or almost come up with catches? We have to be honest about the way he played last year. It wasn't good. It was up and down. He had an up and down season. He was getting his feet wet, of course. Cause, you know. I mean, for lack of a better term. I mean, yeah. I, I think that I think Corey has a point when he says that if we want to consider last year his rookie year, I think that if he were a rookie and he caught thirty seven passes and got six touchdowns, we would have been okay with that. But it what? wasn't no. Also, no. But also no. We're, no. we're talking Guys. about this drops, but hold on, click, hold up. I'm not gonna let you kill that boy today. It's too early in the season for that. Who's season didn't him? start yet. Hold on. The drops that he had, obviously the one in the Chiefs game. I'm he had to... more drops than that. He had more drops than that. I remember but I think the... it, but what he dropped balls in the me is, Broncos think... game. He dropped touchdown passes. Come Push on. Touch... <laughs> Come on. Listen, even if this was his rookie season, <laughs> let's say we were just like, this is his first year. This would be a shitty rookie season, guys. Sure. That's all I'm saying. But I but see, that's the thing. I'm not saying he had a great year. That's that's not what I'm saying. All I'm saying is he has the potential to be a good receiver. All right. Now, if right. he does not show it this year, obviously the team is going to have to potentially go in a different direction. That's great. Hey, listen, optimistic. You know, Texas Rod Gardner, I hope he comes through for us, man. I mean, but, you know what we were – I think we had this discussion yesterday. We were talking about Chris Thompson. How Paul kind of mentioned the team could have gave up on the kid after he had all those injuries. Dotson had one year, one injury riddled season, and he had one subpar season. And now we're ready to say, uh, I don't know if we should keep him. Or well, I don't know what he's doing. Who's, who's talking about not keeping him? I think I'm just had, saying I hear a level of optimism from you and someone else we know that I don't understand why you would be this optimistic. Because you see the potential in the player. Yeah, you know what potential does? Potential leads to coaches getting fired. 
<laughs> well, straight I up. Just, hey, man. Well, hey, you know. All right. Well, I am about that production. I ain't about about. I'm not here. I'm not out here trying to hear about what you might be able to do. You are either doing it or you're not. So let's right. see it. I think well, he has I, ability. I'm not going to say he's about to walk out there and get 75 catches for 1,300 yards and 11 touchdowns. I can't say that. But I still think he could have a damn good season. Hey, Paul. Yeah. You see, Corey doesn't have that same energy right now. <laughs> because you, he's, he's look, been walking back. People, he's been walking reason, back. He's been walking back these Dachshund numbers. Have the reason noticed? why I'm walking back for the folks out there, don't get me wrong, it's straight dots and high. If you know this, we'll be in full effect at FedEx. I'll see y'all there. The reason why I don't have that same energy is because. You kind of convinced me that we do have more weapons than just saying mm. we just have this number one receiver. When you have a tight end with the ability of Jordan Reed, who, if healthy, he's going to get more targets than anyone on the field, period. Alex Smith is coming from an office where Travis Kelsey was his number one receiver. We know he loves to go to the tight end, even when he was in San Francisco with Vernon Davis. True. So I, I can't assume that Dots is going to be out there getting 80 catches when I know we have a player like Jordan Reed. Listen, All right. if Are- Dotson is the dog that you say he is, then it wouldn't matter who the hell the tight end is. That's <laughs> hey, all I'm saying. Hey, remember this. I'm going to pin this podcast on Twitter. You can pin it whatever you would like. It's the truth. If Dachshund is as good as you claim, then I don't want to hear about Will Jordan Reed. Because Alex Smith would say, you know what? I got something better than throwing the ball to Jordan Reed. I mean, Jordan Reed is like elite level talent, though, Cliff. Come on now. All right. Speaking of Jordan Reed, let's move on to this. Now, Paul, don't, hold on. Wait a second. I want you to speak on that. I need to hear. I want some. I need both of you. Give me your prediction for Dotson season, please. All right. So, well, Cliff and I were out a couple weekends ago, and we were talking about this. I think we, we actually mentioned this to you. I don't think Josh Dotson, this may be blasphemy. Corey, don't kill me for saying this. I'm he, not. I just he, want to hear what you say. He's never going to be an AD catcher season guy. He's not. I, I just don't think it's in his makeup. But I do think that he could have a guy who catches 55 to 60 passes a, or passes a season and still manages to get, like, 10, 11 touchdowns because he has the elite red zone ability. And, and, and you know what? That's fine. If you have an offense that's humming because you spread the ball around, what did what Alshon Jeffrey do this past season? I don't know. I'll pull the stats right now. I don't think he caught 70, 80 passes, but I know he had a whole lot of touchdowns. And that's because Carson Wentz and Nick Foles are spreading the ball around. I think that Josh Doxon has a role on this team, an important role. It doesn't have to be a 80-catch, 90-catch season where he has 1,300 yards. But if he's a big play guy and a red zone target, that's good enough for me. Big play guy, red zone target. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. I, I, think, I, told, I think 60 catches for around 1,000 and eight touchdowns would be a good season for Josh Doxon. I think I'd be very happy with that. I just know the stat line I gave Cliff the other night. He told me he was John. He favored Dwayne Bow. So, <laughs> Dwayne Bow. The stat line. Damn. <laughs> you see, it's all good. It's all good, Cliff. For the folks out there, Cliff was the leader of this Dotson train. Nah, but you guys, so you, nah, off. nah. But, but the so extreme, the extremists took over the party, man. <laughs> I was being reasonable. I was being reasonable. I believe I was being reasonable. And then some I was overthrown by some by some radicals, man. Started talking about Doxon like he was going to Canton. I know what to do. We both we all can agree that the Eagles do a good job of spreading the ball around. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Alshon Jeffries stats last year, fifty seven for seven eighty nine and nine touchdowns. Mm. How would you feel if Doxon had a season like that next year? Nah, I'm not good blown, enough, bro. dude. He was a first round pick. I can't lie, Paul. I'd be a little blown, dog. I'm sorry, but, but not touchdowns, man. I don't My, care. We I, know that Doxon can't is not a every route in the tree receiver, but if you're catching nine touchdowns, that means you are a force in the red zone. Not, well, then I I did predict the nine touchdowns, but I would I would be a little blown with that yardage number. Listen, man. If we talking big plays, I feel like that should be a little bit more yardage, correct? Fifty-seven for seven eighty-nine is not good enough. You were a first-round pick. Period. Sorry, 
We wouldn't be we we wouldn't be like, well, it's okay that our first round pick pass rusher has seven and a half sacks because I mean, look, he's other, he's with other pass rushers. No, <laughs> no, you are supposed if you are going to be a top receiver, then you eat. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter who you play with. I don't think Alshon Jeffrey's a top wide receiver. If you want Josh Doxson to be Alshon Jeffrey, cool. Bad pick. That's all I'm saying. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to no. Wait, 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 Cliff. But I, I know we need to move on. You said if Josh Doxson is Alshon Jeffrey, you disappointed. That's about current Alshon Jeffrey. Before his hamstrings. If he was Bears Alshon Jeffrey. That's a good player. Okay, then. Current Alshon Jeffrey, the one I've seen the last two, three seasons? <laughs> you made a shitty pick. Well, see, you also be hating on my man Nelson Aguilar, who was doing work for Philly last year. Was so he doing Alshon work? Couldn't, Alshon couldn't get 80-plus catches. <sighs> also, you did. they have a tight end in Zach Ertz. Like Paul said, they spread right. the wealth around there. They spread the wealth around. Mm-mm-mm. I mean, you've been walking these stats back, Corey. <laughs> I mean, Paul, I, I don't, you I, I, You've been walking them back. All right, let's let's do a comparison right now. Nelson Aguilar to Paul Richardson. Aguilar's stats last year were 62 for 7, 68, and 8 touchdowns. If he has that type of season, is that a good season for Paul Richardson? Wait, say say that one more time. I'm sorry. 62, 7, 68, 8 tutties. I think it would be a good season for Paul Richardson. Absolutely. This this thing where we're just like not exciting the touchdown catches. Is if I don't know that that stuff. Unless you are consistently scoring touchdowns every year, then I don't really care about touchdowns you scored in one seat, right? That's fair. You know, that's fair. I got you. I'm with you on that. All I know is you were a major free agent signing, Paul Richardson. So if you come in in here telling me, "Well, they put up Nelson and Aguilar's numbers," like, come on, man, (laughs) really, really, man, you know. So we signed to be Nelson Aguilar. Hey Cliff, okay. you don't stop going about man Aguilar like that. Dog, how much Aguilar, money do we? How much Aguilar money do we get, Paul Richardson? Damn good number two option. How much money do we get, Paul Richardson? Forty or five. If he was sitting at that press conference saying, well, "I'm trying to be like Nelson Aguilar out here," <laughs> what would you have said to that? But you can't look at it like that, Cliff. Come on, man. Come on. Okay, man. Well, I'm, so, I'm sorry for looking at it like that. I, you I, 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 I can't. I can't do that. You're also, talk, you're also pretending that. Nelson Aguilar wasn't an important key on a Super Bowl winning team last year. An important piece. Playmaker. He was an important piece? Playmaker. Was he not? He was an important piece. Playmaker. If you had to rank the pieces on the Eagles offense in number of importance, where would Nelson Aguilar rank? We're talking about quarterbacks too or just any? No, that's the the whole offense. The whole so offense, I'm, everybody. Oh, you won, the left tackle, too. Okay, no. If we're talking about just receivers last no, year. No, no, no. Why would I be talking about just receivers? You're on the offense. Where do you rank on this offense? Okay. Because of importance. I, I would, I'd rather I would have Wentz. I would rather have Ertz. I'd That's rather good. have Lane Johnson and Jason Peters. Mm-hmm. I mean. Alshon. I mean, he had a better season than Alshon. Well. Did he? Yes. He certainly did. He averaged 12 yards a catch. He was making plays every he week. Averaged, okay, first of all, he averaged 12 yards a catch. If That's Paul Richardson, every pop. guys, if Paul Richardson averages 12 yards a catch here, <laughs> that is a failure. Next, let's move on to the next subject. Do right, not right. lie to yourself. We're going to come back to this one. Yeah, we'll, come back 12 yards a catch? That sounds like your boy Jarvis. <laughs> You know what? I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised two Jarvis Landry fans would be shocked. Hey, don't start that Jarvis hate before oh, camp start, man. Two Jarvis fans out here talking like 12 Shout yards out to catch. Jarvis out there in like, with like 12 yards of catch is big numbers. I get it. <laughs> You're used to 99 catches for 100 yards. So, makes sense. Okay, we're, we're, we're moving on. <laughs> moving on. On the Buffalo. All right, man. Tight ends, man. <laughs> I'll talk the tight ends real quick. Obviously... You have two guys that are well. One guy that's an elite playmaker. Feed Reed. Sorry. <laughs> and another guy that seems to define age and and the past two seasons has been an important part of this team. But you didn't bring Paul uh, now's Paul back. I mean, we can argue importance in this team. Jeremy Sprinkle didn't show much in his first year as a rookie, and we we all know that Jordan Reed's hamstrings are made of wet paper bag. If he goes down again, then you're stuck. 
I was a little bit disappointed to see them not bring another tight end to at least, I mean, I'm not saying to be on the team for sure, but to at least have an option as a fourth tight end because right now you're pretty much a lot to go into the season with those three if those three make it to the camp. That's a big if, especially with Jordan Reed. So I don't know. I don't know about that. We've been down this line with, with Paul before, especially <laughs> with tight ends. He probably wants us to sign his boy Logan Paulson again. <laughs> Oh, look, look the slander. you are paying a tight end the kind of money that you're paying Jordan Reed. Mm-hmm. If you were this concerned about him being there week one, then you need to get rid of him. Otherwise, you have Jordan Reed, Vernon Davis, and a tight end that you took in the middle rounds. What else do you want? They, they, they got you your tight end that you wanted. They just drafted him. I think I'm with Cliff year. on that one. I'm, I'm with Cliff on that one. We didn't see Sprinkle a lot, but... I think he'll get more opportunities this year. And also, it's 86. It's time. I love you. When you're on the field and you're healthy, you're a savage, but it's time. And I don't know if you guys heard this the other day, but apparently they didn't say he's not ready for training camp. But he will not be practicing when camp opens. Take that for whatever it's worth. I, you know what I take that for? You shouldn't be practicing during right. training camp until you are literally – 100%. No aches or pains. And do you think, energy. let me ask you this though, Cliff. I didn't mean to cut you off. Do you think they're doing that because they want to make sure he doesn't get hurt again, or do you think he's still injured? Let me answer your question with another question. Let me answer your question with another question. Do you think that he shows when balls week one, if healthy? Absolutely. Then why practice him? Why risk, why risk him you. getting hurt? I hear you. I mean, we and plus we've well, we've kind of seen Jordan Reed not practice and go out there and be a dog get seven eight catches. So he is an assassin out there. Absolutely, I would not risk him getting hurt, getting rolled up on in a in a, in a Oklahoma you. drill with 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 damn uh, Ryan Anderson, the fullback. Yeah. No, man, you're good. Damn, I'll, my man, got to be a fullback though. You mean got to be a fullback? Hey, come on. <laughs> I'll see you September 9th, bro. In hey, the slander Arizona. is real, but He's yeah. Yeah, he's got to be a fullback. He's like uh, Aaron Ripkowski. Come on, man. <laughs> you call him Ripkowski? <laughs> hey, man, Ryan Anderson going to surprise some folks this year, man. I'm Good, yeah. Guys. Dude, surprise me for actual position you were drafted at. First surprise. I think the team – I'll be happy with that. See, you see how we just got off? We, we strayed away from Jordan Reed. But to follow up on Ryan Anderson, I think the team wasn't too sure where they wanted to put him at. Because Ryan Anderson was out of shape last year. I don't care what anyone says. He was too heavy to be outside linebacker. If anything, he looked like an inside linebacker last year. Apparently, the dude didn't change his diet. He didn't done this. He done that. We'll we'll see because obviously camp starts this week. But I think we're gonna see an improvement from Ryan Anderson. Okay, all right. And it's gonna be I, just I, like Trent Murphy improved. I know we're not talking about outside linebackers real quick, but I I will say one thing about Ryan Anderson that, that concerns me. You're out of shape. Whatever. I mean, that happens. Sometimes you're out of shape for a season, especially as a rookie, you don't know what it takes to be an NFL player. But that doesn't bother me about him. What worries me about him is that he couldn't get on the field. When you were weak at outside linebacker, you were weak against a run last year, and he couldn't get on the field. That's worrisome. I mean – Hey, guys, let's stay on subject here. I don't really – listen, I'm not going to be out here talking about fullbacks. Maybe that's something you guys hey, want to do. stop calling my man Brian Harrison a fullback, dog. What's your man, Kyle Juszczyk? <laughs> Listen, I'm not gonna be out here talking about Lorenzo Anderson. <laughs> All right, hey, go ahead, Cliff. Enough, enough. enough. Come on, <laughs> All right, last topic. Let's, let's talk about the offensive line and the depth there. Um, that was probably the uh, most injury real position on the team last year. I, it was the most injury real position on the field. You lost arguably your best player, Trent Williams, towards the end of the year after really just sticking it out as long as he possibly could before he just couldn't go any further. Uh, remember that Seattle game? We went out there with Morgan Moses and just four guys that met on the plane. It, it's just crazy. Mm-hmm. So for them to not put an emphasis on adding some more guys, it was it was, it was was puzzling. I know they drafted uh, Jerron Christian in the third round to be the heir apparent at the swing tackle that allows them to move. Ty and Shecky may be inside at points, but you really needed somebody like uh, to compete with Sean LeVon, in my opinion. You brought him back out of total necessity. 
you had Ari Kwanjo as your number one guy in minicamp, and he was lost to a torn pec. So you're really just down to your original starting five from last year if you sub out uh, uh, what's his name, Spencer Long for Chase Roulier and just a backup core of who's who of who cares. So I'm really worried about that, honestly. But, but Paul, 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 yeah. you and I go over this every year. You're talking as if there is some team out there who has five backup O-linemen who can play. Cue the Cowboy fans. Nobody has that. Tyron Smith got injured. They gave up 98 sacks to Adrian <laughs> No one has that. No one. Yeah, no one. We yeah, have Nseki. Most teams don't even have an Nseki on their a team. Good point, Cliff. That's a good point. That's a good point. Like, that's just the reality. Mm-hmm. Most teams don't even have that. Period. Right? Like, we have Nseki and someone we drafted. That's potentially seven offensive linemen. We can hate on Laval as much as we'd like. Yeah. Is he the best left guard? No. Hell no. <laughs> there are teams who cannot even give you five NFL offensive linemen to start a game. That's that's just some true shit. Paul, I don't I don't think I ain't mean because you clip, but Paul, I don't think you don't downplay that draft pick at Jerron Christian because Oh no, no, I'm not downplaying it at all. But it, it, it that's just one guy. I mean, who did you really add besides a third round tackle? I mean, if he plays this year, he plays. If he doesn't, he doesn't. I, I have high hopes for John Christian. I, I personally think that he has the tools. Whether he's ready or not now is outside the question. I think he has tools to be a good swing tackle moving forward. And especially with Nsheki being 70 years old, you have no, you might need him sooner than later. But the interior of your offensive line was weak last year, especially when it came to depth, and you didn't do anything to address it. Nothing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, but what, but what is that saying? How did you want them to address it? By signing another backup from, basically, you're asking them to go sign someone you've also never heard of. That's essentially all you're asking for. I mean, did we not draft Chase Ruye? I mean, we did last year. And, and so he, I mean, yeah, Spencer Long left us for bigger and better. Spencer Long had a better opportunity. He got paid on the, you know, got paid in free agency. So our draft pick, Chase Ruye, the team feels comfortable with him at center. I mean, I'm not trust me, Paul. I'm not disagreeing with you because I kind of agree with you. I think the interior of the line might be the weak point. But I mean, without not I including mean, Brandon Sheriff in that conversation, because Jared okay. Sheriff, what? Roy outplayed Spencer Long. Oh, clip. I hear right? you. Spencer Long lost his job. If we're if we're being real, he lost his job to Rulier. If you, but I can see someone saying I would be concerned about the center position because I haven't seen this guy play a full sixteen games. Right. But I'm not. I guess. But he just took Spencer Long's job. Spencer Long got paid somewhere else. No doubt. No doubt. When people, when you're saying like the interior is weak, they need depth. Who? Because <laughs> you're essentially saying go sign someone you've never heard of. Basically, there's a lot of teams that would rather have our left tackle, right guard, and right tackle. Because there's a, quite a few teams that don't even have that. Right. Like, like when so like we're just saying depth, it's like you're talking about backups. It's you're, you're not going to get starters to play backup. Yeah. So what the hell is the difference between between those people and Kyle Kalis? Yeah. Really, what hey, is Kalis, the difference? The team, and the team likes the kid Kalis, so we might see something. He could be working the backup. Yeah. That's fair. I, I guess the only thing I could say to that is I hope they're ready because if if last or this season looks anything like last season, especially when it comes to injuries on the offensive line, because this is not like let's just say. God forbid I Natis were to go down and you bring tips out off the bench and somebody who actually is, is a, a highly regarded prospect. If you lose Spencer Long, or, or I mean, if you lose uh, Chase Ruiz, Chase who's your backup center? I, I don't know. Who, who don't know. Playing. Did you know who Chase Rulier was before he <laughs> – like, this is what I'm saying. Did you know that Chase Rulier could replace Spencer Long as Let a me- rookie? Let me rephrase no. that for you, Paul. At least we can say this year, in the case if we lose Morgan Moses with the two bad ankles or a Trent Williams get hurts again, you could plug in Jerron Christian and you could feel a little confident about that. Because, oh. right. you know what I mean? That's fair. Strong right. chance Sean Laval gets hurt, you may need to plug in science. Like, I'm not trying to battle you on this. I just think it's a matter of, like, yeah. no one has offensive line depth. That is, like, the, it's not even that no one has offensive line depth. No one has backup offensive linemen 
that you are confident in. Otherwise, they'd be starting somewhere else. Because the league is short on linemen as is. That's fair. That's fair. I'll, I'll give you that. All right. So let's let's give them a grade for the offseason. Now that the camp is here, personnel is pretty much you know set outside of maybe an injury here. There where you add somebody off the street. Let's give them a, a grade for the 90-man roster they put together for this offseason. I'm going to go ahead and give them a B plus. I think they did a really good job. They put a lot of holes. I think they actually did a really good job in the draft. I, uh, I'm excited to see guys that we didn't even mention, like Sean Deion Hamilton. I'm excited to see a guy like uh, Trey Quinn. I'm excited to see a guy like Greg Stroman on punt returns. I mean, these are guys that actually could fill a role in your team this year, and you got them late round. And, you know, you got a guy like Darius Geis who filled a huge hole at running back. you got a guy like Deron Payne to fill your huge hole at nose tackle. So they did a good job. They filled a lot of holes intriguing, highly regarded guys with high football IQ and high character. So B plus. Good job. Uh grade wise, I mean it's hard to argue with what you said. B plus. Hey, I would say B plus A minus. Uh honestly, I, we haven't said much about him. I mean, because you know we're gonna speak about him a lot this year and every you guys know how I feel about him, but I think Darius Geis was still at a draft. Outside of Alex Smith, he was the biggest pickup we made all offseason. And I'm telling you, if he does what I think he's going to do, this team is going to look completely different, especially on the offensive side of the football. For the fact that the team had the confidence to trade down, pick up a third-round pick, have the ability to draft Jerron Christian third round, and you still get Darius Geis in the second round, that just excites me even more. The kid is going to have a chip on his shoulder. I just think Geis is going to take this offense to the next level. So, for me personally, I, I'm going to give the team an A-minus for the offseason. Hopefully, we stay healthy. Quick, before – I'm going to cut you off before I go. Corey, it, it's funny that you said chip on the shoulder because I was looking at some stats today, some actually like contract money stats today. I obviously saw that Saquon Barkley signed this deal yesterday. Mm-hmm. Got $31 million fully guaranteed over four years. Yeah, I noticed that. Th- that slide that Darius Geis, he only got four years for $4 million. I know my money doesn't motivate wow. me, but to lose that type of money yeah. for fallacious uh, accusations about your character, I mean, that's got to be a little motivating factor for him. I mean, the, we already know the kid runs angry. People call him a sledgehammer. And the fact mm-hmm. that this nonsense came out about him, I mean, we spoke on it during the draft. Like, it's, it, it was foolishness. And I'm telling you, <laughs> folks are not going to want to tackle that boy in the fourth quarter. You're not going to want to tackle him in the game, period, because he will run your ass over and he will run by you. And like I said, I just think he's just going to elevate this offense because it's going to be something we haven't seen since Clint Portis. I just yeah. have confidence in this kid. All right. I mean, I guess I give us a B. I don't know. Listen, the draft was a while ago, so I don't really have the level of optimism regarding our picks that I had when we did it. I don't like – I look at our roster. Our roster looks pretty good. It right. does. Uh, we it have does. a lot. We have a lot of young players who we have a lot of high hopes for. Which we usually can't say that, Cliff. We got to at least admit that. Usually right. Well, of course, we do say it all the time, but this time we actually mean it. But go ahead. I mean, no, nah, what Cliff said with the young talent, though. Like, usually, yeah, yeah, no. signing Bamas, you know what I mean? No, I mean, usually we, we're listening to uh, Paul hype someone like Richard Crawford. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like Corey's man, Chris Horton. Oh, no, that was definitely Paul's <laughs> man. <laughs> So, it's good that there are some actually young, talented players. Absolutely. Who we can be optimistic about. Absolutely. But on the other end, it's the NFL, and that means half your team is going to be injured. And you just you better hope it's the right half. Bro. Well, hopefully it's the Eagles and the Cowboys and the Giants. Well, I mean, hey, Super Bowl champions last year lost their quarterback, lost a – Hall of Fame caliber left tackle lost or inside starting linebacker lost maybe the best third down back that's of a generation and they still won Super Bowl. So it's like Cliff said, you gotta lose the right pieces at the right times and hope you can you can keep the ship afloat. I mean play also I mean not and not I'm not even gonna knock Philly right now. Congrats, they won the Super Bowl, but they had a lot of bounces go their way, man. But obviously you need that in football. Sure did. Turner sure. turnover differential, like you need all that stuff. Nah, the hell with them. Oh, I'm, I'm, with, I'm, I'm a, with you, Cliff. I'm going to knock him. I'm going to knock him. That's the last time you're going to hear me play. Yeah, oh, we're back on Philly already? Boost. Boost. I mean, already. Unlike you, unlike you, I didn't I didn't waver in this. Nah, I know I you 
Paul wavered for a little bit. He was very pro Philly for a couple of you months. You know, you know, you know how I feel about. Nah, that. man, listen. I credit where credit's due. I it, it's like vomit coming out of my mouth when I say Philly's good, but Philly they, they were a team that I think after like four or five weeks we all took notice like these te- they can really go to the bowl and they not only like from a culture standpoint just they were a complete team they were kicking ass towards like yeah good for them October early <laughs> blowing teams out I was just like they can win the bowl this year they did yeah, yeah you like, see, let's say good you for them. give credit where credit glad they finally got off the schneid I'm not giving credit to those sucker ass motherfuckers <laughs> nah exactly like, yeah, I said it. I don't care how many bowls you win. I don't like you. So you weak ass crew. Fans out there, yeah, I said it. You know where to find me. Ain't nothing changed, motherfucker. The hell with the Eagles. <laughs> all, right, all right, all right. Let's talk about camp really quick before you sign off for the night. Obviously, camp starts on Thursday. Well, the report on Thursday. I think the first practice on Friday. We're all really excited. Um, the first couple of weeks of camp, you don't really know what to expect. You see a lot of season games, but the first couple of weeks, it's really just like. A couple things here and there you're just excited to see. So I'm going to ask you guys, what's the one thing you're looking forward most to seeing established early in camp uh, when, when J.P. Finley or Tick Hernandez or somebody tweets out a highlight on Monday morning? What's going to get you excited? I want to, Corey, I'm going to let you start it off because I know you want to talk about Doxon again. But don't uh, <laughs> <laughs> start us off. See, what shot. What are you saying? To the Dotson High president out there, you see, I, I just took them shots, right? But I wasn't even going to Dotson. You guys should know who I'm going to mention. I mean, I just spoke on them. I'm, I want to see the kid Darius Geis. I want to see how he adjusts to the game. I want to see the kid cut. I want to see him break a tackle. Like, you know, I want to see him get at LSU. But obviously, I don't need to see that shit too much in camp. And I really don't need to see it too much in preseason because I don't want to see no injuries. But I will get excited to see him, you know, put on the burgundy and gold, get into the flow of things. And also, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing Alex Smith, man. It's been real quiet here this offseason. We had no bullshit, no you like that T-shirts being sold. Like, it's I want to see the new quarterback, the guy that's all about football, just how he fits in the Gruden system. Is he getting his timing down with the receivers and stuff? You know, the, the small things that Cliff could care two shits about. But, you know, I'm a junkie, so I'm going to watch. I, I, just guys and Alex Smith, man. I want to see how they come in and adjust to the team. To, to, to kind of to, to echo on that, and I know that we won't see this really until week one because they're not going to show anything. Everything Definitely. Very vanilla. But not only am I excited to see Alex Smith and Darius Geis, but I'm excited how to see Darius Geis, Chris Thompson, yes. Alex all together. Like when they roll out a package where they're in, in pistol and you have Chris Thompson as the deep back and you have an offset Darius Geis as the fullback, what they can do with that look is going to be devastating if you can get it. Right. Yeah, so, I better not see that nonsense in the preseason. Yeah, Fuck, nah. if you roll that you roll out week one in Arizona. Listen. Guns are blazing. I just want to see on secondary. How's a young secondary looking outside of Josh Norman? Everybody else is pretty young. Cliff, speak on your man Moreau, man. Don't don't make me the president of the Moreau hive now. No, no, no. That, there's no hives here. Okay. <laughs> and they're damn for sure won't be a Moreau hive. Hey, you need to, I need to see you actually play football first, Moreau. Like in the NFL. Listen, you know my guy is Quentin Dunbar. Dunny. Straps. Should have kept the 47, but that's another story. Nah. nah listen, man. <laughs> listen, nah. I, I don't know. We all played high school football. We all played back, back in like the late 90s. I know we're, we're dating ourselves right now, but like when, when folks didn't have like the, they had Russell athletic uniforms, they were super bummy, yada, yada. When you saw somebody wearing 47 with the baggy sleeves, you assumed he was a bum. I'm sorry. He had the bum look. That was twenty three with, with with the actual like scrunched up Nike jersey. He looks like a cornerback. He looks all right. Hey, Dunbar's a ball player, right? That's your man, Cliff. I ain't gonna take for that. He's a ball player, right? So I want to see him. He's gonna. St- I think he's gonna step up big. Uh, obviously Swearinger. That's Paul's man. Um, all day. <laughs> no, nah, Nicholson. Uh, Adonis. So Giannis. let's let's see what this young set because they are, you know, the secondary and the the D line is a lot pack with a lot of youth. It is. I, I'm interested <laughs> to see <laughs> if let's see what players make a make a jump this year. Mm-hmm. 
I'm not going to be out here watching camp highlights like you guys did last year, which led to people telling me Terrell Pryor is going to have 2,000-yard season. I wasn't one of them, but go ahead. So, America – sorry, DC, I hope you learned your lesson. Stop watching camp tape. Stupid. It's stupid. I can't wait for the first highlight while I'm at work and I see Adonis pop somebody so I can yell at the Oh, it's going to happen. Adonis is your son. Hey, man. Wait. I said it earlier in the pod. <laughs> Anytime VTech was on – 36 was making a play, whether it was an interception or knocking somebody's head off. The kid is always around the ball. And that's as a corner. Yeah. And let's not forget, Jay Gruden did call Monty Nicholson to Jordan Reed the defense. That he I did. mean, that he we, did. we saw him flash a lot last year. And now he's in year two fully as the free safety. He has great coaching. He has great ability. And if he could just look, stay healthy. I mean, not learn to stay healthy because that's not really something you learn. Yeah, yeah, not, not no damn football. You're learn to hit people the right way, and not always be headhunting, but just use what you're, you're use what you've learned from Torian Gray and, and just get there and ball because we know you have the ability to be a great free safety mm-hmm. and just just get in when you fit in, man. Absolutely, no, agreed. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm gonna echo what Cliff said and said to D line, man. Listen, we know that they have a ton of ability. We know that they're young, they're hungry, they're healthy. We got Allen back. We have his buddy Payne in, in the mix. We the have, IPA. 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 I'm surprised nobody said IPA, man. IPA. Full of hops, man. But look, look. Oh. <laughs> Did I spoil it? <laughs> Full of hops. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> no, but they're good. They're deep. We, we haven't mentioned guys like Anthony Lanier, who had five sacks in, in like two games last he year. He came on as the season ended. Right. Now you're not forcing him to be a every down D lineman. Now he's a run spe- or a pass specialist. You have guys like Ziggy Hood who can move from nose tackle back to DN, actually be a rotational piece instead of an every down player. You even have guys like, and I know that Cliff is going to disagree, but a guy like Phil Taylor, if he stays healthy, he <laughs> last team's alignment and that's a good place Hey to be. Cliff, you laughing, dog. Let Phil be healthy, man. I'm telling you. What do you mean let Phil I'm be? I'm just saying, Cliff, I know Listen, he, I know I would be love bubble it rap. I if get it. Phil bubble wrap. I get it. I would love it if Phil was healthy. I'm just not gonna be out here talking about the guy helping the team when I know for a fact the guy has Two terrible knees, and it's incre- no, it's just incredibly unfortunate because the guy is, has man. a lot of talent. He does. I think I, I don't mean, I think that's why I speak so highly of him because he's a local guy and he has a lot of talent. I think that's what it is. Right. we all yeah we all know what he could do. He did it in Baylor. He did it with the Browns, and then he's been out of the ball for four years. He was mm-hmm. cooking last year before he got an unfortunate injury versus the Packers in preseason. Was it the Packers? It was the Packers, right? In preseason. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know that that he was going to be starting before he got hurt. But at least the team has put themselves in a situation where you're not relying on a field tail. Right. right, you don't need him yeah. now. He's a guy who is a piece, absolutely a puzzle. You know what I'm saying? And absolutely. you can bring him in off the bench if he makes the team. I know that's right now that he's a long shot. I think that's really putting it mildly to say he's a long shot main roster. I think that they keep six D linemen, he would be the odd man out. But just say he they keep seven or. He, let's say somebody's get hurt in front of him, God forbid, and he had mixed team. He's a good piece if he stays healthy. But definitely, like, like I said, I'm just happy to see they layered this defensive line with talent. Like you, you got to face Saquon Barkley, Jay Ajayi, and Zeke Elliott six times this year. You know you can't go back to giving up 4.7 yards a clip. You're just I also want to see how they gel. They're ready. They're young. They're hungry. So let's just see if they're ready to roll from uh, week one. I'm with it, bro. Deron yes, Payne said he was born to stop the run, man. That's all I. That's all I got to say to Zeke and Saquon. Yes, sir. All right, man. Fellas, you ready for camp, man? And so, you know this. It looks like we're ready, man. So, like, I'm so, gonna go ahead and watch the UEFA. UEFA, listen, man. <laughs> Liverpool starts in three weeks. Hey, Cliff, you Sorry. know, this, this is the time of the year for me and Paul, man. We can't help it, bro. It's, it's Sorry, good we to got see to. the team back, man. I can't help it. I feel you. I just – I just – I can't really get that I, – I just don't get that hyped about training camp anymore. All right, really all I do is just hope that no one gets injured. I'm with That's you really, on that. I'm like, other than that, I could care less. I don't care about practice reports. 
I don't care about who practiced well, who practiced poorly. Just get me to week one with a healthy team. Right. I mean, as a side of the offer camp, week one is a long ways off. That's like, what, 50 days? Fifty days for Jordan Reed to injure himself. Again. That's not that long away, man. Yeah, man, it's not. If, if any of our listeners, by the way, are going to be down there, I think it's Sunday the eleventh, the Jet scrimmage. We're all going to mm-hmm. be down there, so yes, sir, I'll, we'll be in the building. I, we've never made a Richmond trip. You know what? We'll get to see Brandon so, Sheriff battle battle Leonard Williams, right? And, and get to see uh, Jason. Oh, Jason, Jason, Zach Brown get his revenge on Troll Pryor. <laughs> Yeah, buddy. Yeah, man. So, anyway, thanks for being with me tonight, guys. Uh, remember, the podcast is now on Anchor. We're also on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're on Overcast. We're on Google Play. So, it's out there. Find us. Leave a review. Please, five stars. Everything positive. But the podcast is out there. So, please follow us on all of the platforms. Also on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We're out there. Yes, guys, sir. Cool.